Hey guys, welcome to a brand new podcast of the Service Without Excuses podcast itself. We have a guest with us today, Mr. Whitney Weissman. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks awesome, for having me. Awesome. Let me bring your audio up just a little bit. Um, cool, man. Whitney is a guy that's uh, I'd love to emulate. The guy has a lot of energy. Uh, he's got a bunch of different companies he's got going on right now in South Florida, um, but he also has an association we're going to get into here shortly uh, called NORP, and we're going to explain a little bit more about what that is and how maybe you can benefit from being part of NORP itself. Uh, Whitney, tell us a little bit about yourself and your your background and why you decided to get into this type of uh, crazy industry. Definitely. First off, appreciate you reaching out to me to be a part of this. Um, yeah, but... Uh, uh, my name is Whitney Wiseman. I got into the industry about 14, coming on 14 years ago now. Um, most of the work that I did in the beginning was traveling around doing uh, large loss rental and uh, specialty drying for other contractors with a white label company that mainly did equipment rental at the time. Uh, did that for a few years and then 2008 started my company, uh, Restore Force. Since then, we've kind of expanded. We have a construction division, a plumbing division. Uh, state management division and a couple other different things that we're getting into um, outside of the industry. Uh, constantly expanding, constantly just trying to grow and better myself and really just try to help as many people in the industry learn from you know the mistakes that I've made along the way. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, 14 years, that's, that's definitely... And I love diversification because you kept all of these other things that you're going to, they're just going to melt together with your, your core company because they're, you're completely around that... Um, um, kind of compass, so to speak, or I'd say, uh, I always say a wheel with, with spokes and things like that. They all kind of join together. So that's pretty awesome. Well, again, I appreciate having you on here today. I've known you for quite some time. I know we've uh, lost a little bit of track, but I, I know you're, I watch your success through some of the posts and stuff uh, on the group on NORP. And, and, and I want to get more into that. Um, Real quick, how do you feel the restoration industry is right now? I'm a little bit out of it because I've, I have a different type company. There are some restoration type things that I do into it, but I went into a little bit of a different path between the business I had and um, the industry that the business that I actually sold in New York City a while back and then just said, you know what, I'm going to set up my own service business here. But at the same time, I have other companies just like yourself that are, are uh, working with uh, service professionals. Um where do you feel the restoration industry is right now? How do you feel it is right now going into 2021? We had a brand new year, some challenges last year, of course, but there are also a lot of opportunities, I feel, too, as well. Yeah, I mean, COVID itself brought a lot of challenges as well as a lot of opportunities. I think a lot of companies that had their structure together, had everything set up uh, as far as their uh, different you know, roles and responsibilities with their their employees that they have and making sure that their SOPs were in place. And those who had everything set up in place, it seems like they did pretty well. Um, I know that there was some struggle on both ends, whether it had been the successful companies dealing with keeping people employed or smaller individual companies just trying to stay alive while they're you know going through this. Uh, but I think it opened up doors for the COVID cleaning and a lot of our, you know, our industry is the specialty trade that would basically fall into suit for uh, the best fit uh, professionals to do this type of cleanup outside of, you know, somebody that is, you know, specifically focused on just hazmat type of cleaning. Um, but we know that it's, you know, with the materials and the equipment and technologies available, it's very much so uh, possible for our industry and our trade professionals to uh, take advantage of 
the time and the business that is available, as well as trying to make sure that they're helping their community to stay uh, safer and healthier. Um, but it's been a challenging year for the industry as a whole. Um, prior to that, the last you know 10 years, we've been a very, I think there's a lot of question marks with the industry is, you know, where do we fit into the ecosystem of the contractor? Um, you know, we are a specialty trade within the construction uh, ecosystem. You know, there's your roofers, your window installation guys, you have your block masons, you have your foundation guys, your metal guys. I mean, there's so many different specialty trades within the construction industry. Uh, we specifically focus on insurance damage repair and the, you know, the demolition stabilization and the mitigation and uh, repair of the, the damages caused by uh, any of these losses, as well as the repair after that work is done. So we fall right into that place. And uh, the issues that we're facing are still prevalent. Uh, I think that there's a lot more unification that's occurred in the industry, uh, but I think it's at this point where a lot of the big organizations need to come together um, and really just put all their uh, bygones, the bygones, let everything be gone, if you will, and uh, just focus on what's going to benefit the actual end user, which is the restore. Uh, for NORP, our, our goal is just to help restoration contractors in any way we can helping make more education accessible, not trying to create new things or reinvent the wheel. We want to make sure that what education is there is brought up and people know what courses to take. People know what direction to go, depending on if they want to get into the industry. Um, we also are there to be a shepherd uh, for the good faith of our industry and make sure that we follow the standards that are put forth by other organizations and other groups. We want to make sure that we look out for the professionalism of our industry. We want to make sure that we look out for <clears throat> each of our brothers and sisters that are part of our industry to where it's, if something happens, we're there to have their back. Um, and building this structure through consistencies and SOPs and just standardization within the industry, um, as much as it's needed, I think that the way that's going to get us there is when everybody uh, who is involved in a lot of these different organizations uh, really opens the, opens the door, opens the phone to all the different smaller groups and smaller entities that might be around um, so that we can all work together. Um, we're all sitting at the same table. We're all uh, trying to effectively achieve the same goals. Um, but for some reason, there are multiple different groups trying to achieve the same thing. And this, uh, I guess, race to the finish line, if you will, and competing against each other uh, is just holding each other. It's just holding ourselves back. Agreed. So that's a challenge for the year, I think, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that have come from it that are benefits and, and positives. But at the same time, I think that we're still working through those struggles. You know, I always say that the enemy is not the good guys. My competition is not the people that do it right, that people do it correctly. It's the people that don't do it correctly to make us all look bad and make the industry look bad. So I completely subscribe to what you're saying. Um, lived it myself uh you know I have, I have plenty of good competitors in fact i'm down here right now and when i get an overflow of work back in new jersey i have a colleague i can refer to when our guys can't get to it whatever the ha case happens to be or if it's a larger job it's something i don't want our guys getting involved without me looking at it then you know i have another resource to get out there and and, and do that and, and we work together well um because like you just said, we're all sitting and eating from the same table. So you might as well work with it. As long as you know the workmanship is there and everything is is good, that there's a benefit, a tangible benefit to everybody. Um, speaking of NORP, can you explain more about what NORP is about and the benefits to it? I mean, I have an idea, a very good idea of what you guys do, but I'm sure the listeners here have, have a little bit less of an idea. And what are the benefits to belonging to an organization that does unite 
um, restores together like this. I think the number one benefit that anybody can gain from both the free aspect of what NORP offers as well as the you know paid membership base of it is camaraderie and ability to network with individuals you would probably not have otherwise met um, if not have been through you know the social channel there. And that allows for people to not only excel in their own space, but also help people to expand that are in their areas, like you just mentioned, team up with other professionals in your area. Um, these are the things that it's just, you know, I got a friend or a family member in this area, someone throws up a post and uh, within 15, 20 minutes, you got multiple people talking about who's good in that area, pros and cons of different people, who to reach out to, and you end up having multiple options. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's finding a contractor, uh, a resource, uh, some sort of um, logistical help that we need, or even just support and training. There's a lot of good, good help that goes on there, uh, especially on the free page. Um, we're building more and more and more content for the paid areas. Uh, so there's constant, there's tons of PDF, editable PDF documents that you can basically take and turn into whatever you want them to be. So that they're just good starting points as far as forms and documentation that you would need for uh, doing your day-to-day jobs. Um, but a majority of it is we want to make sure that if somebody is a paid member, for us, a paid member is somebody who wants to invest into the industry. That's the way we look at it. If they invest into the industry, we want to make sure that we, as the shepherds of that investment, make sure that we build relationships with the individuals within our relationship that are the support entities, your educational providers, your manufacturers, your suppliers, things like that, to make sure that there are benefits for our members in order to do that, whether it be equipment discounts or special prices on classes or just free stuff that we give away to individual members. But we also want to make that accessible to those who aren't paid members, because the one thing that's really bugged me along the way is that if you're not a member of one of these groups, you have absolutely no access to any of their uh, benefits. Um, That is a shame because there's a lot of good things that these organizations have to offer and associations have to offer. uh, But unless you're a paying member, you're not going to get those benefits or access to said video or whatever it is. Um, we want to make sure that all this stuff's accessible to the average restorer, regardless of whether or not they're a paid member or not. Every single person who is a part of the NORP Facebook page, in my personal view, is a part of our family and a part of the, the NORP uh, nation, if you will, which is the, the membership body that we are. They're part of NORP. Just because someone pays or doesn't pay doesn't make them more of a NORP member. They may have more access and get a better discount on some different things, but everybody's a member. Um, and from that, we just want to make sure that we help build the industry the way that it should be built in order to benefit those that it's meant to benefit, which is those doing the work. We as contractors need somebody to represent us and to make sure that when we deal with billing issues, uh, claim issues with claims, when we're dealing with the standardization of the industry, when we're dealing with different standards that are being put out and questions as to how those standards are supposed to be um, represented, that we can make sure that we ask those questions, have one voice to go to, communicate with those individual bodies, and get the answers for the individual members who may have those questions, whether it be a paid or a free member. For us, there's really no difference between the two. Um, We want to make sure that we have as many people that are uh, essentially investing into the industry. The more people who invest into the industry, the faster we'll be able to make these changes and fund the parties that are actually trying to make change. Whoever it is that needs whatever those funds are at that point in time, it's a transparent source of funds for 
any association, whether it be the IIC or the C or Normie or anybody who is trying to work to achieve a goal, if we can, if we can all agree that that goal is in the best interest of the industry, then we would obviously be interested in putting our money, efforts, and time in order to make sure that we help that group to achieve those goals. Because the more we work together to achieve a goal, the more opportunity we're going to have to essentially accomplish said goal. So uh, goes back to the premise I was talking about in the, the earlier is just how we're all fighting and racing each other. Whereas if we push one another forward, it'll be more momentum moving forward than it will be racing against each other side by side. So, um, you know, these changes that can be made, I think that they're very much so possible, um, but it's going to take us standing up as a group in order to do so. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the nice benefits that you know, you're helping people and I was going to segue into that helping people that are maybe new to the industry or trying to get into it or have a little bit of experience um, with the industry or maybe have come along, work with another contractor and said, you know what, I feel like I should go out and do it on my own, which, you know, everybody's entitled to it's it's. That's the wonderful free enterprise system that we have here in America. So if somebody decides they want to do that and start um, having those tangible benefits to get things that they really can't afford um, necessarily right now, like a paid membership necessarily to a group or coaching or consulting, they can get from, um, you know, just that free information that can help get them to the level to at least, you know, I was like Chuck Violin's uh, description of it with the three boats. And he says some people have a rowboat when they start and they have a ship. They have a boat or a yacht, and then they have a mega ship or a mega yacht. And depending on where you're at, you might just be in the rowboat or the little small boat with the with the small motor on it to begin with. And you need somebody to help get you there. And having that information as a guide to get you to that second uh, secondary level in your business, or at least think beyond your 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 limits where you're at right now, um, kind of dictates how you can get there. And having that information helps a person get to that level where they can afford to invest in, in different, different things that'll help their business really skyrocket and grow. Um, that being some kind of advice, what would you say to somebody that is starting out that just is getting going, that really doesn't know, maybe has worked for somebody in the past and that person that may have worked for may have guided them in the right direction. Maybe not so much. Um, what is some advice you would give to a new contractor just getting into the industry, just starting? We've all been there. We've all had to start somewhere from, from scratch. And I, I have my own beliefs of what you need, but I always like to ask our guests, um, you know, what they think is the best um, way to do it. Definitely. And I'm going to say this and some people might not like it. And you're on the right show, really my care. friend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about the truth. And, you know, it's about really getting where we are and our industry is a very interesting industry it's extremely political so if someone's coming in fresh fresh just take an open mind and make sure you have thick skin and understand that you're walking into a political circus if you keep your head down and you just focus on learning everything you can learn about the details and the science behind whether it be drying or the biological science behind microbial growth, or whether it be you know the, the proper processes and steps for fire damage remediation or asbestos or any of these other things that we do. Just take the time and invest it into learning the trade because we are a specialty trade. We are paid well. And if we are pulling ourselves together, if you do the right research, you can find amazing companies within your area or within your region that if you do the right research, you can find some amazing mentors, both on a local level and a national level and align yourself with somebody who has been there and done that, 
who has done what you're trying to do, who has achieved the position within the industry that you are trying to achieve. Because if you find somebody who has gotten where you're trying to go, you can learn from their mistakes specifically. And to your point, you know, ask those specific questions so that we can answer those specific questions with specific answers so that we can help you individually with your individual problems, regardless of the size of your business, whether it's a $10,000 problem, a $1,000 problem, or a $10 million problem. It's all scalable. And there's so many experts that are available within our organization that would be willing to help anybody in order to do so, that all you have to do is ask and get involved. The more involved you are, the more diligent you are, and the more willing you are to learn, then the better you will do in our industry. And just realize it's not going to happen overnight. And be careful. There's a lot of snake oil salesmen, and there's a lot of people out there that are going to try to sell you systems and processes that are going to be the overnight miracle system in order to make you rich tomorrow. It's not that easy. And you may do well off of one of those systems because you live in a region where you're just kind of hit it and it, it just hits and it wins, but it's not a long-term situation. And if you're trying to get into the business for long-term and longevity, take your time, pace yourself. It's a marathon. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It really is. It's a great industry though. And I would want anybody who has any interest in the construction industry, who has any background in the construction industry, I really do say if you're trying to learn a, a really cool trade where you're helping people to get through the situations in their darkest hours outside of their personal lives, just dealing with their homes, it's an amazing place to do so. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and I'll, I I just had another conference, another podcast guest on that we talked about the exact same thing. Um, be careful where you get your information from. It can be the most expensive information you'll ever get in your entire life. If you get somebody that has... Um, bought a course from a coach that says, "Hey, you can get, you make big money off these guys because the industry is a is a is an industry of money." By just giving them coaching advice, they're going to find out pretty quick. From my experience, um, who actually has a clue in what they're talking about and who has no idea what they're doing, and get going to sources like NORP and other online sources, talking to other restorers, you can find out who legitimately has a clue and who legitimately has never done anything. Um, and I, I always try to steer, especially somebody new that really can't afford to lose any money, can't afford to lose $5, let alone $5,000, that um, you need to make your decisions wisely. You need to make sure you're talking, you're talking to people that have worked with somebody or know somebody personally. They can give them real advice that has frankly been there where they need to go um, and can give them a guided path to get there. And, and if you don't, um, it could be a very dangerous thing. And one of the points of this podcast were to talk to people that actually do it in the field that actually have experience that have done something. Um, not people that have talked about what they've done or can brag, can put out a brag book that is the size of a thin piece of paper. I mean, you got to have the information you got to know because this industry for many years, as you know, Whitney was very unguided. It was very, it was like the wild West. And Still I is. started in the industry yeah, and I started in the industry was really, really the wild West. It's come a long way compared to what it was uh, 25 plus years ago, but at the same time, um, there needs to be guidelines. And one of the one of the assets of NORP and different trade associations and different education associations like the RIA and the ICRC, whatever you prefer, um, it gives you some standards to work within. And if you don't work within those um, standards, you, know, you can't expect to have what you just said before, long-term growth. Yeah, you'll get some short-term gain on it. You might hit something really out of the park quickly, but you're going to realize a year in that you just got very lucky and that luck had 
80% to deal with it and skill had 20% to deal with it. Well, you know, that's not going to, it's not going to pay your bills. So I can, I totally subscribe to that. And I think associations like NORP and, uh, and again, these, these trade associations can really help guide people into this, this crazy industry, especially right now. And I don't feel that a person needs to go the franchise route. I spent 17 years of my life working with franchise companies, running them, working for them from the grunt at the bottom to the guy that ran the, the multi-million dollar a year company. Um, you learn very quickly what works and what doesn't work. And you understand the power of systemization, the power of strategy, the power of, of uh, optimization, as Jay Abraham talks about, you know, using your best sources possible and, and using your time wisely and your resources wisely. And I, I feel that something like this would be a, a crucial step up to any restore or any contractor for that matter. It doesn't have to be just the disaster restoration industry. You can be, like you said, roofing and plumbing and, and drywall. Any repair. type of service contractor, we relate to you. Anybody who's in the construction industry, at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we do are very common. Yes, the technical stuff we do for water damage is not going to be the same, but business is business and you have to take care of your customer. You take care of your customer, you're going to have a client for life. If you have a client for life, you're going to have a business for as long as you want a business. And if you can do that, you can build something that you can pass on from generation to generation. If you're just looking to build something and sell it, find an investor, dump a bunch of money and equipment, turn it over, get some jobs, then turn it and flip it. Sure. That's a definitely a whole nother business model. But I think we're more discussing on the industry and how to really do things right. And like you said, rely on the industry associations that are here. Make sure you do the research in places like the uh, the standards that have been put in place by the IICRC, the standards that have been put in place by the RIA. That's what those two organizations have focused on for the majority of and, well, IICRC, the entirety of their existence. And the RIA for a majority of their existence has been focused on expanding the experience of education and making sure that we better ourselves as restoration contractors through education. And they're the ones that have created so many different amazing educational pieces that are available to restoration contractors. Our goal is just to make those things more accessible and have people understand the path and how to get there. Because like you said, it if you can learn our industry and learn how to do things right in years to come, we're going to keep moving away from where we were being that, you know, uh, that 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 startup of an industry where we're just the, the wild wild west we have come a long way sheriffs definitely come to town um but i don't know if the railroads definitely hit yet um and i'm not sure whether or not you know the people over in new york are quite traveling out here yet but um the industry is growing so fast and i can definitely see a lot of outside money getting dumped in, in the next couple of years it's already happening now so i think the next three to five years mark my words the next three to five years in our industry is going to be the most uh what it would the best word be it's just going to be the most interesting time of our industry that i think between changes in standardizations and we're increasing the knowledge base of our standardization i should say as well as the amount of money that's going to come into our industry well said man well said well um not to drag it drag everything out you've given an absolute incredible amount of information and really some ideas of where people can go and, and some real deep thought, so to speak, of what the, uh, what the, what the industry is about, what, you know, and, and where you can go with it and the potential the industry has if you do it right. If you take the time, if you go slow, and again, it's not a steak, it's a roast. 
you know, if you get a you get a prime rib, it's slow and low, you know, and, and barbecue is slow and low. Everybody knows me, knows me, I love barbecue. So I, I believe business is a slow and low process. I believe anything you're going to get long-term takes time to get there. And if anything works really quick, it's a flash in the pan. Yes, again, you can have some short-term successes onto it, but I've, I have almost never seen somebody, you know, gain by doing it the quick way or, or you know, busting it out, like I said, to, to sell to an investor really quick. Usually that comes back. I remember the story of a guy in New York called Crazy Eddie, and they, he was legendary back in the day. And he, when he tried to sell the, the company or turn to an, an IPO, a publicly traded company, he literally had, when they came in to do the audit of his stuff, he put boxes. The boxes were empty, but they're supposed to be full of TV and merchandise just to pump up what he had. You can't do that in your business today. Number one, it's, it's unethical, borderline illegal or illegal, and it's just wrong. You know, and we all know better than that. So uh, learn from that. Whitney, where can people get more information about you? I know you have RFI companies, your your company that has different divisions into it when it comes to the restoration and, and trade so trade parts to it. But um also ah puppy dog. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I miss mine. Mine's at home. Where can they get your information uh more about NORP and of course any con- pertinent contact information that is out there, both on social media, website. Uh, and of course, I'll put links in the description of this website, and, the, and it'll be transferred, you know, everywhere afterwards. Definitely. Um, obviously, the Facebook page is the easiest way to get involved. It's a quick click, answer a question or two, let us know a little bit about yourself, um, and then we don't really keep anybody out. So you're going to get approved, and you can be a part of the group, and that's the easiest way. Outside of that, go to our website, check us out at norrp.org. That's norrp.org. Uh, where you can find out all the information about us. You can see our mission statement, our core values, everything that we're involved with, um, see some past events. We're constantly updating the website, so it will grow. There's a lot of member areas there, but check out the free spaces that are available. Um, if you're interested in you know, checking with me and seeing how I can help you with your business, uh, you can follow me on YouTube. I'm starting to do some videos on there. Uh, Clubhouse also, just search my name, Whitney Wiseman. If you're on Clubhouse, go ahead and search Whitney Wiseman. I'm going to be doing some uh, rooms there specifically for service contractors and for contractors alike. Um, And we're going to keep answering questions. So if you have any questions whatsoever, shoot the question to Whitney at NORP.org. That's W-H-I-T-N-E-Y at NORP.org. And whatever your question is in the industry, and if it's something that's relevant to everybody else, I'll either answer you back directly or what I'll do is we'll shoot a little video on it and we'll get it posted online so you can get an answer back that way. And then we'll uh, save it for uh, the, the future generations who may have the same questions. You got it, brother. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, man. I know it's uh, it's nice weather here in Florida compared to what it's in New Jersey right now. Beautiful. So uh, I, I thank you again and uh, look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you, Robert. Thank you again for having me. You got it, brother. Bye. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.